0: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. 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 You didn't my baseball. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. 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 You still have pro man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. Daniel Barr. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is baseball. Baseball isn't boring.
1: Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. The 63rd season. All right, congratulations, Texas Rangers. You got your world championship. You got your world championship 12 years after it was ripped away from you. The last second, you got your world championship. And somewhere, and I got to pull this up. Somewhere in the interview we did with CJ Nikowski back before the season began, I may have predicted the Rangers were going to win the World Series. I definitely predicted they were going to be good. But I got to find that. I got to find that in the Baseball Isn't Boring Archives. Well, that's just one of the many, 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 many interviews and podcasts that we've done over the last year. And as I put on social media, it is the year anniversary since we launched this baby. And I just want to thank everybody, particularly the people behind the scenes who have really, really launched this, who have been the trampolines when it comes to all the success and all the the ability to actually do this and starting with our guy Coop who at the outset really got things going everything the socials everything and then our guy Evan O'Brien producer Evan who is just such a workhorse i mean and so talented when it comes to anything and everything we ask him to do and everything and anything that you need him to do uh, to make this thing a success, so thank you so much to those guys, and thank you for Odyssey twenty four hundred Sports for uh, staying behind us and and being behind us more than ever heading into this new year. Well, heading into the new year, it's gonna be great. It's a new off season. This is what we're doing. We're turning the page already. It was a good World Series, you know. Is we could pick through it, and we will, but you know now it's time to really dive into. The second season, the people, the thing that people really love to do fake trades, free agency, team building, all of it. It's not like there isn't anything to talk about in the great game of baseball. There's maybe even more. It's kind of crazy. So that's what we're going to do. But I think we have a great bridge today between the end of the World Series and what we're talking about. And that's Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland, former Ranger former Red Sox, since, uh, now retired, retired last spring training. And Mitch is great. There is so much to talk to with Mitch about. He was on that aforementioned Rangers team that lost in, you know, he was one strike away, 2011 against the St. Louis Cardinals. He was on that team. He was on the World Series team the year before, 2010. Back-to-back year He comes up to the major leagues, goes to two World Series Loses them both. Oh, I'll be back. Well, it wasn't till 2018 where the Red Sox—he's on that Red Sox team that won the World Series. So, of the many things that we talked to Mitch about, he takes a deep dive into all those circumstances when his heart was ripped out in 2011, when he hit one of the most iconic home runs in Red Sox history in 2018, and just flat out the difference between actually winning the World Series compared to just being in the World Series. It's a great conversation. It's a fairly long one, but it's worth every single second. All right, we appreciate it. All right, Mitch Moreland coming up. At BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring is Twitter account, our X account, Instagram account, social account, at BB isn't boring. And FanDuel.com slash boring. FanDuel.com slash boring. Now comes all the really, really intriguing bets. The free money on top of the free money on top of the free money. All right, here you go. I hope everyone's having a great day, and I hope everyone's ready for the wave of off-season podcasts, which is go which are going to be absolutely awesome. Starting off with Mitch Moreland. All uh, right, there's nobody you'd rather talk to right now at this moment than Mitch Moreland. <laughs> Let's go. How we doing, Rob? Good. What? Well, awesome. um, have you have you officially signed your retirement papers? I have to ask you that first.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about doing it in the next week or two. So Are you? We'll no, oh, I'm just kidding. I have. I'm I'm done. All right. <laughs> well, well. I mean,
1: it. Everyone knows that it. The fact that you set it into my tape recorder is usually that's basically official. That's right. So, what so I, thought, I saw Adam Waywright did his and it said reason for retiring. Did you do that? Did you have that? No. You no I
0: didn't. Oh, you didn't?
1: Oh what would what would be your reason for
0: retiring? Oh, I don't know. Volleyball, uh, I, Volleyball I, tournaments? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've uh probably these kids keeping me running around wide open, you know. That's good. <laughs> that's that's all good.
1: Um so last I saw you, you were in full uniform, uh, coaching, mm-hmm. educating young minds, young baseball minds. Uh, it was what, for like three or four days, three days or something like that?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Did you like it? Did you I, did. I did. I did. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I was kind of limited time there, which was my own fault, you know, back to the kids, keeping me keeping me running wide open, baseball tournaments on the weekend and stuff. But you know, I, I enjoyed it uh, while I was down there. And, uh, you know, it, it was nice to kind of get to know some of those younger guys that I hadn't – I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with, you know, um, and, and kind of follow them throughout the years. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So, you were in the dugout. So, did you get – and I think,
1: like, the, the itch, right, man, even though it's spring training, be in the dugout, right, let's let's go. I mean, it's, it's – I don't know if you – that is – I have some questions from some people. One of them is like, you know, what do you miss most? Which, like, hold on. I, wa- I want to give credit to this person who asked this. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, so Red Sox LA said, what do you miss most about playing? And, you know, I, I just said being in the dugout, I know you missed that. I know it. Who doesn't? The adrenaline's coursing through your veins, even in spring training. But what, mm-hmm. what do you miss most?
0: And I, I don't know. I, I think – towards the end of my career i really cherished the guy like the moments i had with the guys in the in the clubhouse in the uh on the flights you know just getting to talk to the young guys and and try to pass on what i'd learned and you know the the do's and don'ts that i that i'd picked up on and and just being being that guy that 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 i knew they could come to and trust and and count on for a for an honest answer. And, and I, I mean, I love that part of the game, you know, obviously, obviously playing, there's nothing like, you know, stepping out on the field and playing in front of thousands of people and, and, uh, and that, but I mean, that's, you can't replace that, but I I did really enjoy, you know, those last few years of of guys coming to me and just coming up with these, with, with questions about, about the game and, and life or whatever it may be family that, that I was able to help a little bit. That was always a blast for me.
1: Did someone come <laughs> up to you and say, Mitch, I have a question. Let's just say hypothetically you get your 10 years in during, uh, the day before you're traded, um, in, in COVID protocol. What do you, what do you do?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that'll have an answer to that one. You know, uh, <laughs> celebrating with your team, you know, Hey, uh, Congrats on your ten years. Also, you got traded to the other side of the country. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, mean, it was, yeah, it was fun.
1: That was listen. There's a lot of things that happen in the history of baseball. You will. That was a record. In the words of Johnny Gomes, that was a record that will never be broken.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a
1: fact. Um. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, speaking of teammates, um, you know it must be interesting watching this Rangers team this year. You know, and and I was looking at so I was looking at Evan Roberts and he's young. I don't know if you know that he's young. So you could you could mentor him up and down. Like you you would have been great mentoring him. Like, Evan Carter. I mean, Evan Carter. What did I say? Evan Roberts. Yeah. Carter. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Evan gotcha. Roberts is a host, a radio host. <laughs> Evan, Evan Carter. Evan Carter. Yeah. And like, so, um, you were, when you had your first world series, I think you were 24, 24. Right. But still you're looking back. You must've been like, Oh man, I'm young. I, this is,
0: this is wild. I was actually talking to my pops about that today on that team. We had Vlad Guerrero senior (laughs) Benji Molina, Mike Young, Darren Oliver, um, You know, Cliff Lee, we got in the trade. Jorge Cantu, Christian Guzman. I actually played with Cora for a couple weeks there. Uh, You know, some true veteran guys. If I remember right, I can't remember exactly who all was there for that postseason, but I think Tommy Hunter was a young guy, Derek Holland, Neftali Feliz, Elvis Andrus was young. But that was, I mean, we had a handful of guys that were still younger going through that world series, but it was a very veteran, very com- compared to today, today's game. Yeah. That was a, a older group for sure.
1: Well, so. so you look at a guy like Evan, right? So you say, and we've talked a million times about how it's changed. And I don't know for you, you were called up, you're on that world series team next year, you were on the world the world series team, still a young guy. Was it, mm-hmm. was it, because of all those veteran guys, were you still walking on eggshells, even though you're being counted on back then?
0: That first year, definitely. Um, I don't know if maybe going through that with them, that as a rookie helped me a little bit that second year. It was, I wasn't as, as nervous or, I mean, there's, there's something to that post-season experience, you know? And, um, I think that that really changed me as a player. My pers- my perspective going into it. I felt like you know that was where we were supposed to be, what we were supposed to be doing. And and those those veteran guys treated me that way. And we added a couple more that next year. You know, obviously Adrian came over from Boston that next year and was part of it. And uh, I think we had you know Arthur Rhodes came over on that team. So we had you know two guys with like twenty years in the big leagues, and you know they. You you had to make sure you did everything the correct way and, and you were on time and, you know, where you were supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to be doing. But at the same time, they they treated me, you know, they, they didn't treat me like a rookie that next year. And I wasn't as nervous. And, I you know, I felt like I was I wasn't going to be overwhelmed by the moment, you know, that second year in.
1: You just said this is how how, – that's what we do, man. Like, we, you play big league ball, you go to the World Series, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I I thought
0: that was normal, you know. Like right. First two years I was in the big leagues, you know, I'm in the World Series both years. I'm like, this this is easy. I remember Mike Young telling me that. Mike was like, don't think for a minute that this is normal. He goes, you've been in the show for two years and you've got two – you know, you're in two World Series. Like, that's not normal. And I figured that out the hard way. You know, I ended up I – mean, it took me – I mean, and it still doesn't sound real, you know. I got back there in 2018 with the Sox. And I'm like, man, this is I, – I got to play in three World Series. And I know some guys have won a bunch and all that. But playing in three World Series, I look back now and, I mean, such a blessing, you know, accomplishment and something I'm very humbled by. But, man, that's just it just didn't happen like that. But I was – those – Two years in and two, two, show, two World Series, that's that's big time. So <clears throat> so
1: before I get to 18, when the chaos happens in 11, right, and all that, mm. you know, yeah, listen, I mean, especially the veterans are losing sleepover because they know, right? They know that you guys are this close, this close. But I don't know if there's an element looking back at it for you was like, yeah, that sucked, but. We'll be back here next year. We'll win it next year, then, we'll, or we'll, you know, we'll may, the year after that, or whatever it is. I don't know because obviously like, people in Texas remember that um, as, oh, as a dagger. Absolutely. I mean, I, I of course they remember, but, but you know, for you it must have been like, okay, you know that that really sucked,
0: but yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I realized how close we. I mean, we were a pitch away, two innings in a row, and I realized how how close we were and how you know how bad it felt but it's meant more to me looking back you know just talking about it over the years and especially in 18 when kinsler got there because kinsler and i went through it together you mm-hmm. know and i remember standing by him on and i mean we were just like we felt like there was a curse on us because of what happened in 11 you know and, I remember before the last pitch in LA and I walked over on the bench and I stood right beside him. If you could find it, I'm standing right beside Gensler on the handrail. And he looked at me and he goes, don't you stand by me. He's like, we're not, you're not going to do this. Don't stand by me. I said, I'm standing right by you. I was like, we ain't thinking about it that way. We're about to do this thing right here. So I, it was, and it's, it's, it'll forever be in our minds. You know, 2011. I mean, unfortunately, I'm, I, uh, I hate I went through it, but I, it's something I'll never forget. You know, and uh, I want to cuss David Freeze, and even though he's such a, I mean, he's a great dude, love him, but God, I want to cuss him every time I saw him. You know, after that, just because of what we went through with it. But
1: it, it, it's funny you say that. I wasn't going to get to this this early, but in the critically acclaimed book, A Damn Near Perfect Game, co-authored by myself and Joe Kelly, uh, he, we, I think I told you this. He identifies the five guys in his fight club, right? The Joe Kelly Fight Club. Both you and David Fries are there. Oh, nice. I will read what he wrote. He said, Mitch Moreland. <laughs> He was the first one who came to my defense in the Tyler Austin fight. And I've seen him off the field having a good wrestling match with more than a few guys. (laughs) All right. So I could go to the tape and and look at the, you know, like you were the first one to his defense in the Tyler Austin thing, right?
0: Yeah. What's he talking
1: about the what's he talking about the other thing? Like what are you what are you like wrestling Uh, people in the locker
0: room? What's going on? I have no clue. I have no clue what Joe Kelly's talking about. (laughs) <laughs> probably some of those wrestling matches he's talking about there's a reason i don't remember you know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that's but fair. uh it's funny uh, that's not the only teammate or a place where people were like yeah don't wrestle with mitch it, I, I i i got that uh i got that rep somehow i don't know how you know, I don't know where it happened, when it happened, but somehow that that uh, that came about. Uh, That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I threw I threw a few hay bales in my day when I was growing up. So Did you really? That. Oh man! That's
1: <laughs> well, so so you know, it's funny that fight. He's talking about the Austin fight. I don't know if I had mentioned this because it's it's in this book. But I didn't because I didn't know it before we. I sat down with him about a couple of weeks later when he saw he's. Then Joe's going through Times Square, and with the with Levinson's his agents, and he's driving through, and Tyler Austin's crossing the street, and he tried to get out to fight him. Oh no, that happened. Yeah. No, I didn't get out. Levinson's like hit the locks in the door. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Oh, Joe.
1: But but, but you know he said. And that also, like, talking about that thing, and this sort of is going to dovetail with with the clubhouse and the importance of team. He talked about how you guys had a sort of a meeting after the Tyler Austin thing and sort of, hey, listen, you know, everybody's going to be in this. Everybody's going to be in, like, Mitch is in it. You know, Rafi Devers is a young guy. He was in it. You know, but everyone's going to be in it. I don't know if you remember that. Because, uh, you know, like, sometimes you're going to have those meetings, right? hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's – you've got to go through – and have those talks and make sure that we're together, you know, thick and thin, like no matter what, we're going, we're going to have each other's back and we're going to – you know, all it does is, is bring, bring teams closer in a way, uh, you know, having those type talks. And, you know, I, I will – I'm not going to refer to which one or where, but if you dig deep enough, you can figure it out. I was in a different type of scenario – with a similar situation in my career that I felt like in most most of the guys on the team, if not all of them, felt like it was handled the wrong way. And I felt like that had a negative impact on our on our team. You know, in a way, as far as staff and front office and players went, like it, it kind of pushed us apart a little bit and not necessarily on the players, but we kind of felt like we were on our own with it. And that was, uh, it was not. I mean, you know, it was a completely different situation, but, um, but it was similar to that. And yeah. it just, it's, it's smart. It's just, it's good when those guys get together, handle it on their own. Everybody's on the same page, and you know, each everybody's got your back. Whether they're a, a old guy, big guy, small guy, young guy, whatever. Like you want to be, you want to be together through those times.
1: And so you go back to those Rangers teams. I mean, the the guys that you were mentioning, Mitch, the veterans, like holy crap, like they were old, yeah. and yeah, but but at the same time, I think that it speaks for the value of having a clubhouse that has that. And we're we saw that that this year with the Rangers, where you know you did have this sort of mix of guys, or even across Arizona, Arizona brings in Longoria, right? Like you, you need perfect. those sort of guys. You, you saw it at the end of your career. You, I mean, you, when you, your last team, you traded to San Diego. By the way, excellent playoff run for you, not for the Padres, but excellent playoff run for you. But, mm. but those, but oh, 11, there's a reason why you were so close to winning is that, that you would probably had a pretty
0: good dynamic there, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's a perfect example is, uh, with Longoria coming in with a a young team, but also a guy they could lean on all year and get that experience from. I mean, it's a guy that's been there and he's been through pretty much everything you can do on the field and and had those experiences and and he can set that tone, set that mood for those guys and and teach them the right way that way to do it. And then with the Rangers, it's the exact same thing. You've got uh, Max Scherzer in there. You've got Evo, who's you know, been doing it a long time now at a really high level, and 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 seeing a lot of the game. Um, a lot of theirs is is pitching staff, and you know what a what a what a great way to to kind of showcase that in in pitchers, guys that have the ball mm-hmm. and set the tone. I mean, it's the same way you feel when when sales on the mound, you're like, man, was well it's, it's it's up against the world, and I like our chances type feel. You know and uh those guys can give you that feel and 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 bring the bring the group together you know really quick and you can I think you can i guess overachieve at times because of that that confidence
1: <clears throat> well I, how did so when you in that 11 you think you're going to win every year did like and and you're in Texas and and probably people in Texas thought okay here comes we have this young core you're you're, you being part of that did it just age out I mean what like what what was like so you know obviously we've got to this point where they figured it out but for you it's it's what how did that take a turn
0: yeah I feel like it kind of just started deteriorating piece by piece you know and now we did pick up some guys and we still I think we won the division again in, in 15 and 16 with another pretty good group but You know, those two years, we, we, my rookie year, we got Cliff Lee. I mean, the guy was throwing, you know, 90 pitch CGs for us. Like the game was over in two hours. You didn't need a pitch clock when he was throwing back then, even. I mean, that guy, every time he stepped on the mound, he was just dominant for us. And he didn't, he didn't try to complicate things. And then on top of it, we ended up getting, we had, you know, CJ Wilson threw the ball well. Colby Lewis was huge for us. Just a guy that was out there, and obviously, like you look at him, and I kind of pictured our team as Kobe as a guy like Colby Lewis, like guys a grinder, right? He's just going out there, and you look up within the game, and he's beat you, you know. And that was kind of our feel. 2011 was a little bit different. Like we had some, you know, we had some some dudes on that team, which we had some on the on the first team, but nobody had really won to that point on the first team, you know, other than some of those older guys that came in from other organizations. But you look at like a Mike Young or a Ian Kinsler, they had endured similar to what I'd say the Orioles kind of, you know, they've been fighting all these years and finally got the opportunity. And there was a lot of excitement around it in 10, you know, but 11, everybody was like, man, we're about to drum everybody we play, you know. (laughs) And and that year we had, you know, Nelly Cruz hitting – (laughs) You know, we had like five guys hit 30 homers, four guys hit 30 homers. Beltray, you know, Kinsler, I think was a 30 30 guy that year. Uh, Mike Young, I mean, uh, Mike Napoli came over, had like 350 at bats and hit 30 pumps for us, you know, and just kept tearing it up in the playoffs. Uh, That year, I think me and David Murphy were hitting like eight nine, you know, on the team. I I think I led the team in sack bunts, you know, (laughs) like that's how, how. That's how crazy that's how good that team was back then, you know, and and we we really just our offense was crazy and we had some guys step up and, and throw the ball well, but it seemed like you know, we ended up getting Darvish in there and and he was he was good for us too, but trying to figure stuff out. And I felt like we kind of lost some arms as we went. And also, you know, Mike Young gets straight away. That's a huge I mean, that's your glue, that's your leader. When he when he kind of when he left, I felt like it kind of went backwards a little bit. But you know, Adrian did a great job and stepped up. I mean, super clubhouse guy, but you know, when you start moving pieces around like that, it's just it's hard to kind of keep that same feel that you have year in and year out. You know, when
1: when when you're in an eleven and it's been long enough so we can reflect a little bit more on this, but when you're eleven and you're in that moment, game six, you're a young guy, right? So i Nobody would begrudge you if in those in that time leading up to that moment you're thinking about what a parade is like, what the celebration is like, what the champagne is gonna be like what what the feeling is gonna be like you know could you look back at that and
0: say that was a
1: something leading in or were you just in the moment
0: man i I don't even remember I can tell you stories i I can remember walking in after they tied it up in the ninth. And going up to the clubhouse real quick and they're tearing the paper down off the lockers that they had taped up, you know, because of the celebration. And then, you know, my wife was she said that they moved all them out of the club level area where they were sitting down because they wouldn't be able to get out. So they they made all them move down. So she's like got this forever grudge built up like we should have never moved we moved and, and and that's what happened. You know, like there's so many things like thinking back that, that happened, like my goodness, you know, what, what was going on. But I also remember we were, we were two outs and Lance Berkman was on first base. We ended up playing together uh, after that in Texas, but he looked back at me and I'm like giddy over there smiling. Like, Holy, I mean, we're about to win this shit, you know? And he, he looks back at me and he goes, He goes – he, like, pushes down, like, towards the ground, like, hey, hang on just a minute. It's not over yet like that. Next thing I know, two-run double, tie a game. What, two innings, three innings later, we lose. And the rest is obviously history. But, like, there's little stuff that I remember about it, like, my goodness, you know. I will never forget that with Lance. And I asked him if he remembered it. And he said, no. I was like, that's because you won.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking about every little thing. You're like, you know. I mean, so, like, flash forward to this team. And I, I don't know how much you followed or if you, you know, listen. You played the vast majority of your career for the Texas Rangers. You had people in Boston love you. But you played the vast majority of your career with the Texas Rangers. As you're following them and you're seeing that dynamic and you're also seeing the the fan base get behind it, too, after after some down years. This is a hundred lost team a couple of years ago, Mitch. Uh, so I don't know. What's what's your thing about, OK, I, I bought into this. I bought into this team a while ago or they surprised me
0: or I don't know. What's your overall feeling on on this thing? Um, I mean, I feel like now you can kind of look at the landscape of, of the organization and kind of see it coming. And I felt like you you could do the same with Texas. I think the one thing they surprised you with, and I don't know if it was a change in front office with John Daniels leaving, Chris Young taking taking, taking over, but, you know, they, they went out and got some arms and got some guys and they've... They've spent some money on some on some big name players that have had had some success and had some you know playoff success as well, and that kind of goes back to what we led off with, like having those guys in there. That's invaluable, you know. Having that kind of experience is, I mean, you, you when they get to that situation, they're not going to be overwhelmed and they're going to be able to tell those young guys like, look, this is this is how it works, and I think you're seeing that. You know, you've seen that. So with the with the World Series. So like that's been that's been, I think, a big thing for them, like bringing in the right pieces and giving them that chance to maximize it in these last couple of years um, and and having the people to, to put the plan in place. Um, that's the one big thing, big change I see is is changing front office leadership. Well, so like, uh, obviously in managerial leadership too. With Bochi. I mean this guy's done it at three different places now. You know, it's
1: incredible, man. Like, and I did want to ask you about a, a former manager here in a second, but um, we had John Daniels on last week, and you know, like his, he gets a lot of credit, man. Like, there's a lot of guys on that team, but you 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 said it. I mean, there's. For the pitchers, we can talk all day. We have talked all day. We've had about 50 people come on the podcast talking about Nathan Evaldi. You know, Brock Holt is texting him during the podcast saying, I love you, you're the best ever, so forth and so on, whatever. But um, the one interesting thing CY did, or is, is like that former player. Like you talked about that, right? About knowing that demeanor, knowing that guy, And I'm not saying every GM has to be a former player. But listening to you and seeing how it's constructed, I think there's something to that, right? You have to be smart, which he is, obviously. But you also have to understand the dynamic of a clubhouse, which we've talked about before. You know, how a lot of
0: these GMs are devaluing this. But this guy played. He knows, right? Right. Right. I mean – and I mean, I've I've said that even since I played, you know, I, I look back at it and I always feel like having the clubhouse does not get enough, like having the right clubhouse does not get enough credit. You know, I mean, you can put guys that have a way higher skill set, a group of guys on a team, but if they don't mesh, they won't win. They are. I shouldn't say they won't win, but they won't win a change. Hmm. It just won't happen. Like, winning will – your talent will only only win you so many games before heart has to take over and win you those tough games, those games where not everything works out. And instead of you shutting it down and just trying to play the next, you know, six innings with a – you know, with a, a seven spot hanging over your head just to get the game over with to move the next day, like, that's not a championship-caliber team, and you've got to have – championship-caliber players to have that championship-caliber team, you know. And I think that is what you look at all the good teams and these playoff teams, they figured out, like, hey, this is the right group and this is going to give us our best chance. And and it might not be the best option at a certain position, but it is for our team because on and off the field, this is what makes us unique and makes us – that quality championship team, you know, um, I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate of that because I felt like, I I mean, I, I was never that superstar player, you know, but I, I tried to do everything right and, and have all my guys back, you know, and, and whatever it took to win a game, I was doing it. And I felt like our whole 2018 team that year was that way. I felt like my, I mean, I played on more teams that didn't make it to the World Series that were that way, like 15 and 16. We had some good teams with the Rangers, and everybody was, like, playing for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there were some teams out there that that still don't make it that had that. Then it just comes down to good baseball and who's hot at the right time, you know. Um, and everybody out there can sit there and say that they didn't expect these two teams to be playing in the world. I mean, 95% of the people out there, I would say – didn't expect these two teams to be playing, you know, in a World Series this year. And and they put together, you know, that that championship-caliber team on and off the field, and yeah. that's what helped them get there. Yeah, so
1: like I said, some people had questions. Um, and this sort of, like, goes with what you're talking about. Uh, Patrick, at Mick just tweeted, uh, says, how have the atmosphere around the team changed between 2019 and 2020? And And I'll just say this, Mitch. From my perspective, which is a stupid sports writer's perspective, but before the COVID hit, before March 11th, I walked in to that clubhouse. I'm like, it is quiet because all the guys are gone, right? There was a lot of, I mean, obviously talent was gone and you replaced some other guys, but there wasn't. The, the it was just it just felt different it felt different and I know that people always oh, 2020 no there was a time you guys had about a month together or a little less than a month together and I was saying that at that time I felt that maybe that was me maybe that's a wrong opinion I don't know if you felt that way
0: I don't know well for sure and I mean you look at it uh we lost we lost some guys that were huge parts of that team uh obviously you know ac uh kind of leading the ship too and having yeah. that whole thing go down was was a huge blow um there was just a lot of change you know there was a lot of change from 19 to 20 and to go into that year and and still kind of – I mean, you, it's like rebuilt. It's pretty much like everybody on the team is moving to a new team and you got to relearn the whole scenario or whole, you know, camaraderie and team aspects and how each other plays the game, how how every person acts on and off the field. Like, what's going to make you tick as a group? And it was like we had to start over from scratch.
1: Even when – even though they were trying desperately not to, because obviously they keep Reneke, they keep the coaching staff, um, but to me, it was like a lot of the voices no Pedroya, no Holt, no Joe, um, Price gone, um, Mookie, Mookie gone, you know, and and everyone's their different person, but it's
0: that's what worked in 2018, right? It's that's exactly right. I mean, we and rolling into 19, you know, we had a, a down year, we weren't great, um, but we. We still felt like – I mean, we could we could beat anybody at any given time that year. And I felt like we we, we just knew how each other played, how – I mean, how we were going to respond. You didn't have to – you didn't have to wonder that. You know, you knew like, all right, we got beat today. Let's come back out and put it on tomorrow and, and keep that mindset. You knew you were going to be fine. And if somebody needed a you know, to, to be picked up or, you know – held accountable you could do it hmm. and you just like i said you said that we had to start over and kind of relearn the whole system in 20 Then on top of it i mean we had a month in the middle of it we were trying to do it i'm not saying we would have been better in 20 but it was a you know that was a really trying time for everybody not just us and uh you know, even once the season started, we didn't see each other because we were all in suites or in those shower trailers in the concourse. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. So, oh, I mean, it was you know, it was just a different. It was that was I I chalked that one up as a uh, as a wash, you know.
1: Well, so uh, I want to go back to home run. You you hit a home run in the 2018 World Series. I don't know if you know this. Um. But, <laughs> Take me – so, yeah. take you know, you've talked about this a million times, I'm sure. But I want you to talk – I want you to take a deep dive into that at bat. I want you to, like – so, you know, obviously we we had on Rich Hill, who we, we asked him to take a deep dive into that game, and you didn't want him. So, but uh, – but, He probably you know, feels similar to the way I feel about the uh... –
0: about that that Cardinals World Series, right?
1: But but you know, here's was the weird thing. So they took out Rich, and they put in um a lefty. Alexander Alexander, Alexander to face they, they took out a lefty to with for a lefty to face Holt, mm-hmm.
0: which is which is kooky. And then so yeah, so anyway, but but I can't remember who Jackie hit for. But I think they brought in Madsen to face whoever Jackie, because I think Jackie pinch hit right before me. Yeah. But it, 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 all right, I'll tell you how how it went for me. Yeah. So I'm watching. I'm watching the game, and this is something I really learned. Kind of toward, like my time in Boston, I felt like um, I felt like this, the personnel there, staff and coaching staff was really good at. A game planning, not just for a starter, but also a guy that might be pinch hitting down the road, you know, and uh, in that in that game. And I'm sitting there, and I, I felt like I learned that to the point where I didn't really need them to tell me anymore. I'm watching the bullpen. I see Scott Alexander. I know he's a, got a good – like, he's a sinker guy. I had my plan off of him, but I didn't think I would go in, you know, a verse, versus him. Uh, but I see Madsen throwing. And I faced Madison before uh, with the A's um and probably some other places, but I knew like he gets me out with a changeup. I knew I was on it, but I also knew he had, you know, a decent fastball, you know, mid-90s fastball. So I go down in the tunnel, we cranked the machine up as fast as I could go, but I was still trying to see it as deep as I could and let the ball travel. Hit some balls good off the machine, felt good, felt loose, kind of got up, got a got a sweat going. Felt ready to go, ready to hit. Well, I go up, and I see Madison come in. I was like, all right, I'm hitting. You know, I'm going to get this opportunity. Well, Jackie goes up right before me, and I'm standing on deck, and I'm watching him throw, already thinking, like, you know, he's going to try to get me out with that changeup. So I'm really thinking about that pitch towards the end of my bat. But I didn't – like, it just depended on the situation, like when he would throw it. Well, he threw three or four – change-ups to Jackie, and he hung two of them. Like, really good pitches, and Jackie just missed one, and he popped up on a change-up, and I was like, he hung two of them. And I told myself right then, I mean, as a pinch hitter, you've really got nothing to lose. Like, what are you really – I mean, it's one of the hardest things to do in the game, so, like, if you get out, I mean, that's what was probably going to happen anyways, you know. So, I was like, man – in this spot, we need all three of those runs. I was like, I am sitting dead red change up. And he'd probably hate me if he heard me say this, but if he had thrown three fast calls right down the middle, I'd probably took all three of them. But I was sitting change up, and I knew he could hang it. I knew he was, wasn't feeling it that day because he had hung two of them to Jackie right before me. First pitch was another hanging one, and I got it, you know. And I, t- I tell everybody around here. I tell all the kids, like, man, the the probably the game that most people remember me from in my career. I l- I literally played one pitch of it. <laughs> you know, I hit the homer. Next guy up was Mookie, and he hit a line drive off Madison, flipped it for three outs, and then I was out of the game. That was it. I played. I played. My part was one pitch of that game. You know, but it's what everybody remem- remembers me from obviously. Know.
1: But you know what? Like I, I've always said this, Mitch. That for me, the biggest hit in Red Sox history with Ortiz's grand slam, thirteen AL uh, ALCS, because he has to hit a grand slam. Like he yeah. uh, one he has to hit a grand slam. And yeah. um, but that's not far behind because people forget. Four. It was four nothing when Rich gets pulled. For nothing. Yeah. You almost
0: have to hit a home run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, uh, it was a big turning point for us for sure.
1: Yeah. I think that you, your perspective on this is good too. What it's like to win and what it's like to almost win.
0: <laughs> Which no, means I'm, lose. I'm
1: serious. Like, so I try to, Mitch, like, when, The the baseball season so long. It's so much that goes into it, and I think this is the case with most sports. And I've said this before. Like when I want to get if the 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 look of Steve Young holding up the Lombardi Trophy coming out of his skin to me is like my go to. Like you don't understand. There is something about it. A close second maybe is Rick Porcello just breaking down and crying on the field. You know, but you know, so people can say, well. All right, yeah, in 2010, 2011, you're close. What a great accomplishment. You get to play in World Series, almost. That's a great thing. But tell me the difference, man. Tell me, because when, because you had to live those years in between, probably thinking that, ah, that was pretty fun. But then you got the real fun, right? What's the difference?
0: Uh my buddy, my buddy said this to me, and, and I think this kind of says that he goes, you know, you. It was cool that you played in those two before, but at the end of your career, nobody like people say you're a world champion. They don't say that you played and you know played for two of them. They say you're a world champion. Half the people that I know don't even know I played for the Texas Rangers. Because I won a World Series with the Boston Red Sox. You know, like, that will live forever. That is your ultimate goal as a player is to be a Major League Baseball player and play and win win a World Series. And that was – I mean, that's the difference. Like, I mean, it, it changed my life, you know, changed my life. And it did not have the same effect by just playing in two other ones. You know, obviously, I'd been there got the experience, and it that experience probably helped me more as a player rele- relating to the other players and being able to tell them my experience from it than winning one would, to be honest with you, just because, like, that's probably – I think right now that's probably considered the greatest World Series game of all time, you know, mm-hmm. is that 2011 game six, and I was there for it, you know. Uh, played the second half of that game, but you know, and, and just the heartbreak that you feel with that. There's not, <laughs> there's not many other ones out there that beat that that trump that one. You know, as far as a, as a player goes, being being a pitch away, and I mean, it definitely had an impact on me, and I, I'm grateful for it. But that's, I mean, winning it is, is what changed it for me. You know, that's what, that's what you play for is to win it all. And, you know, doing that, I I, I can't put, I can't put that into words. Two things about winning it
1: first, did it hit immediately like you thought it would like, you don't know until it hits. And then the second (laughs) part, the second part is the, 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 the payoff, you know, like how, like you said, the payoff after.
0: Yeah. I mean, as soon as the pitch, as soon as he swung, it hit me. Like I, I knew right then, like it was not a shock thing for me. Uh-huh. Like I, it's not going to hit me till later. I knew right then, like we just we just won it all. And, and I mean, man, I was. I that's it's the best I'd felt for, from playing baseball ever in my life. Like I, obviously. It'll be the best I ever feel about, you know, when I was playing the game. Like it was, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. Um, and to do it in a place so rich in history like like Boston, it, you can't, I mean, you can't replace that. And yeah, I mean, there's there's great fan bases out there, but there's only a handful of them that have tradition, like true tradition in baseball. And, and I think the Red Sox are at the top of that list, you know, as far as tradition goes, and it's just a, I mean, that city lives for it. So, as far as the after the aftermath of it and and the parade and you know the party and uh, that that type of stuff, just kind of walking around the city and everybody patting you on the back and and that type of thing, like man, it's that's as good as it gets. That 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 feeling. Playing the game and to do it in that city with that team is, just, is there's there's no greater feeling in, in the game. What's
1: the what's the moment you say twenty years from now when you talk about the parade? You know, it's not like oh yeah okay, it's a ton of people. There's, there has to be a good story there. Maybe it's you wrestling somebody. I don't know. Uh,
0: I don't think I wrestled anybody in
1: the parade. <laughs> but there has to be.
0: Have shot, I might have shotgun ten or twelve beers at the time. <laughs>
1: That's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. that, that's another part about it. Like, listen, I don't know what it's like to be in a parade. I, I don't know if you had ever been in a parade up until that, but there
0: you go. Yeah, I mean, it was wild. You know, there were – we were getting fireball and beer. Like, uh, oh, it was, that was so much fun. Uh, I I mean, I, I can't even – put it into words other than you know i had to i had to go back into being a first baseman make sure i caught all of it because my son's (laughs) beside me (laughs) but um (laughs) you know i i I was riding with kinsler too so it was kind of a you know that bittersweet moment to be able to do it with him that will that'll always stand out to me too because man like i said there ain't too many guys that can go through that like what we went through in 11 there's there's a handful of guys and he was one of them and He's a he was a huge part of that team, and you know to be able to kind of for it to come full circle and us do it together, you know, seven eight years down the road, seven years down the road was was special. Some it's a bond me and him will always have together. You know, we That's can call cool. them. That's and awesome. talk about it.
1: Uh You had it. You, you got to do the coaching thing again. You go into back to spring training.
0: Uh I would like to. I would like to and I mean if it grew into a little bit bigger role, I would like to do that. You know, it's just again, uh obviously some personnel changes and you know, I've I've talked to, to A C some and uh I actually need to call him back and just a call from him another other day and uh you know, catch up with him a little bit and ask him about his uh Halloween costume that I saw on there. You Where'd, know? You Where'd you go at what'd you out? Did you have one? I, I went as a retired uh, ball player oh, now now chaperone for for kids no you want to be you want to know what i did yeah i actually we have a minivan for like our trips and stuff and we go to these ballparks and my five-year-old was kind of had a little cold and we had another little girl in our friend's group that <clears throat> has a knee issue that's you know my daughter's age or whatever so I drove the minivan with the hatch pop uh, popped open with all the kids in the back through the neighborhood and watched the World Series game with it with it on the speaker. So life's gotten real exciting for me you know <laughs> real exciting. There's not too many people out there that can that can pop my stories now. I'm a long ways from from wrestling, guys. Just put it that way. Joe <laughs> Kelly would be disappointed in in what I'm what I'm doing to stay in shape when he needs me. You uh, I, know? Thought you
1: gonna, I thought you were I thought you were going to say you were driving through the the trick or treat route and you were like fending off beers from people
0: just for all. Oh, that that would have been a don't good let one. that happen. <laughs> but I promise you, they ain't throwing beers at the minivan. Okay. <laughs> no. no.
1: Well, <laughs> well, listen. It's uh, I look forward to. And by the way. Brock Holt came on the podcast, and he openly lobbied to be uh, in the front office. So, if you can do that, and 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 you mm-hmm. know what they did, they, Evidently, they asked him about. They brought him into the uh, the interview process. So, really? Well, they had, uh, consulting. I don't know what that means, but mm. so yeah. yeah. So here's your here's yeah. your chance. We, we yeah. We have that's power.
0: That's where uh, that's where I thought last year was going, and then it didn't you know but uh man I, like i said i obviously my favorite place and I, I love being a part of it and if i can help in any way like i'm i'm open to doing it because that's that's what i told you my that's been my favorite thing there towards the end it kind of opened all, all kind of new doors for me as far as enjoying being around the young guys and, and trying to pay it forward a little bit but we'll see what happens and hopefully i get to see you a little bit more in the future Well, you helped us today because you were awesome. I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks, Ralph.